I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Whisperer, welcome back, mate. We're jumping into a couple of roosters, a couple of bunnies that were on fire the other day, and, of course, your boy, Jermaine Asako. Would you like to start with him, mate? Mate, uh, Jermaine Asako, how, how good was he in that uh, Broncos side? Obviously, he fell apart that second half, but I think uh, some good match fitness is what the Broncos needed. But Asako at the back looked really promising, didn't he? Mate, I feel like Asako that I saw the other night, that's the best Jermaine Asako I've seen since I first saw him when he burst onto the scene. He was incredible. I don't know, what would that have been? 2018, 2019, somewhere around that mark. He was unbelievable. And, mate, he just looks like he's two foot faster this year. He looks incredible. He does. He looks, he's, he just looks big and like, and strong. Obviously, he's not a natural fullback. The natural fullback in that, in that side is Tessie New, but I think he filled in a really nice spot in the centers. But I think the man to talk about from the Broncos was Asako at the back. Mate, mentioning Tessie New there, obviously was playing right center. Uh, Tony Staggs, that's a jersey that he owns. When Katoni Staggs does make it back, I mean, that's midway through the season. By then, I'm assuming uh, Tessie New would have made everyone a heap of coin by then, right? Obviously, the, the good thing about this injury is there is a, a set line in the sand. We know when to trade Tessie New out. So I think for owners of Tessie that we can just hold him until uh, Asaka, until Staggs is back. Sorry, I think that's about round 12. So a really good point for us to make a little bit of coin off the back of Tessie New. Mate, do you see Tessie New moving to the left side once he returns? Um, I, I think this kid is... I mean... <sighs> From, from what I gathered last week, he wasn't overly impressive. I had a lot of people from up Queensland way that saw his trial that told me he was a little bit out of his depth. But when I saw him the other night, he was sensational. I, I definitely think he's good enough to make it in this grade. Do you think that he holds a spot on the left side potentially once Katoni returns? Yeah, so the right side, what are we looking at? We're looking at Xavier Coates in the wing, Katoni Staggs in the centre. The left-hand side, I think David Mead lined up in the wing. I think we could see Herbie Farmworth come into that wing spot and maybe... Um, Jesse Arthurs drops out of the side, or you could shift Arthurs across depending on how Kevy sees the interchange between Herbie Farmworth and Jesse Arthurs. But based off that trial, I think there's no reason why Tessie New can't slot into that left-hand side. Mate, I, I thought with all due respect to him, he's had a fantastic career. I thought David Mead was a little bit out of his depth the other night. 
yeah, unfortunately, I think he's probably a touch past it. A couple of defensive errors didn't look great with the ball. So, look, unfortunately, I think he's probably a great club man to have, some good experience to have in that in that locker room. But in terms of first-grade footy, I'm not too sure how much uh, game time David Mead's going to see, unfortunately. Mate, for me, one of the most confusing things to work out right now is how this Broncos pack will line up. Uh, I mean, you've got Carrigan, you've got Lodge, you've got Tavita Pangai Jr. They're all playing as middles. You've then got Flegler off the bench. Uh, you've got Asiata floating around the squad there. And then in three weeks' time, you're going to have the best one of them all, Payne Haas, walk back into this side. I mean, have you got any idea the guys that you want in your team from this or is there just too many mouths to feed? Look, I, I made it known that I'm, a, I'm huge on John Asiata. I know you are too. There was reports getting around that he was going to play the 13 with uh, Carrigan and Haas to play in the front row in their full-strength squad. I think that's the position for Carrigan in all honesty. I know that he was phenomenal last year, but in terms of just work rate, I think he suited best for the front row. That sees someone like a Matt Lodge dropout. But even in the back row, we've got guys like Jordan Ricky, Alex Glenn um, to fill that spot as well. So look, Broncos' depth isn't the issue. I think it's just getting them all to gel. Mate, uh, moving to the Roosters game, and there was some pretty impressive performances here, especially in the red, white, and blue. First one we'll talk about is Angus Crichton. And, I mean, I think we've been speaking about him for a while, being, you know, the best second-row forward in the game now. Tao Malolo losing his minutes a little bit. I, I think that Angus could well and truly finish number one at the end of this season. If I, you know, on draft day, he's definitely the first second-rower I would be looking to get into my side. I think we already had him as a keeper in Classic, but... After what you saw the other day, you can't possibly leave him on the shelf, can you? No, Ryan Madison moved to the left as well, which really worried me. I don't think he got that freedom to have what he what he had in prior years as well. So I think that sets Crichton head and shoulders above the rest. And, and people want to say, oh, but Crichton moved to the left. But Crichton and Madison are very different players. Crichton goes and, and looks for that ball. He'll take a hit up either side of the field. He doesn't care where he goes. Whereas Madison just likes to stick in a channel and be destructive in that channel. But yeah, look, Crichton, I think you and I said it a couple of weeks ago, I got, I got laughed at when I said he was my number one person picked in the side. Don't care what position. He was the first person I put in there. And I think that was justified based on that trial. Uh, he, he, he just looked dangerous. He looked electric. He looked like he wanted the ball on that left-hand side as well. It's just, uh, he was just bodying guys left, right and center. And uh, I think it's in for an improvement year on last year, which is hard to say when the bloke was one of the best second roles in the game. It's hard to see him improving, but that's definitely what I think is going to happen. Mate, uh, Angus Crichton, he, he had one hell of a combination going with young Sam Walker. Now, there was a bit of confusion in the New South Wales Cup. We were we were led to believe Sam Walker was running around in the seven. It, it wasn't him, in fact. They saved him uh, for the first grade game. And this is a kid I've been talking about for a long time that, you know, you've just got to be prepared with Sam Walker, that he's 18. He didn't play rugby league last year. The year before that, he was, you know, 16, playing against teenagers. It hasn't been easy for Sam Walker. Uh, I've been one to try to avoid hyping him up too much, but I'll tell you what, fuck me, I was impressed with what I saw the other day. He was impressive, wasn't he? 18-year-old, fuck, he looked like he was a 300-game veteran, wasn't he? He just, he controlled that game when he came on and just looked ready for NRL. I was very critical of him coming into the preseason. Obviously, I don't take stock in highlights against 16, 17-year-olds too highly, but this kid was, was phenomenal when he played and uh, I think it's a if if Luke Keary goes down with a head knock again, I don't think Trent Robertson's going to be spending too many nights sleepless. When you can run guys like Lachlan Lamb and Sam Walker, both those guys look ready made. Obviously, a fantastic pedigree for both of them to come into the NRL, but they're going to be their own stars in years to come. And uh, yeah, very very impressed with both those guys, especially Sam Walker. 
Mate, the thing I loved about Walker is just how eager he was. There was, there was the, the the try that he scored. He threw the ball to the right center, and then it came back to him. He threw it to Angus Crichton, about a 15-meter cutout pass, and then he actually chased the ball. He wasn't sitting on his heels waiting to see what happened. He chased the ball. He could sense there was an opportunity there. I mean, normally when you go to that edge, you'll then swing it back on the next play. Most, most halfbacks would start preparing for the next play. He just didn't give up on it, did he? He just chased it. He went after it. I really liked the keenness he showed. There was another ball that he threw to Angus Crichton. Now, I spoke about it in my podcast the other day uh, where he got the ball. He sort of threw the dummy and the defense shot up, which meant he had to play through the line. I think it was a forward pass or an obstruction or something, but it was, it was a very mature play, which is what... I didn't exactly expect to see from Sam Walker. There was none of those little brain explosions that I was anticipating. He really was in a controlled manner, wasn't he? Yeah, you you wouldn't be you wouldn't be so against seeing an eighteen year old in their first first grade game. Just play it safe. Just do a couple of line balls. Just try and hit the men on the outside. But Walker really took it to this Canberra's defense. He was throwing cutout balls, taking it himself. Looked really ready for first grade. And that play you mentioned, I think, signified his attitude. He threw the ball and wasn't done with it there. He wanted to chase through. He wanted to be on the end of it. He wanted to contribute. So, like I said, you wouldn't fault the kid for playing it safe and just playing a no-nonsense game, but he really wanted to press the issue and, and create chances. And obviously, it was against a weaker Raider side in that second half, but that doesn't take away from the mindset that Sam Walker had, I think. Mate, obviously, Sam Walker was impressive, but the man that is going to wear the six or the seven, however they're going to do it, I think he's going to wear the six this year, is Lachlan Lamb. And, Mate, I, I thought he had some fantastic touches as too. Sam Walker was probably more impressive, but Lachlan Lamb was exactly what the Roosters needed. He was composed and he was controlled. I really did like the look of him. Yeah, another one that um, we didn't see the full version of Lachlan Lamb last year, obviously playing a bit of halfback, playing a bit of nine, a bit of utility. So it was good to see him play, I guess, the natural position that he wants to play. And yeah, like I said to you uh, before we started recording that, Trent Robinson's not going to have an issue with depth in this, in this half options. Obviously, they're a young half core, but they all they all look very ready for the NRL. Adam Kieran's there too as well, who can fill a, fill a job as well. And obviously with Sam Walker, for me, as impressed as I was, I, think, I, I don't think the equation changes for me. I don't think he'll be there round one. I don't think he's a guy to start in your classic team. I think you can bring him in when he does become relevant. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll be dropping a podcast on this actually. I'm getting a lot of people saying they're going to pick Walker because of the Nuff option. Um, I don't think nothing is a viable option in in round one. A lot of people that I'm getting messages from don't understand, I guess, the full rules of Supercoach as well. They seem to think if you pick someone, they have to stay there all year and they're picking Walker on the basis that he's going to come into the side eventually. So look, as much as I, I want to hype the kid up and how well he performed, you're wasting cash having him on your bench, unfortunately, I think. And the same with um, Joseph Sawali, who we're not going to touch on today, but another one that probably won't be starting round one that is just going to be wasting a bench spot in your classic side. Mate, the other fellow we just touched on, Lock and Lamb, I believe he is hooker slash 5'8". Is that right? Uh, hooker half, I think, from from memory. But um, yeah, he's someone that can fill a void at hooker or halfback as well. I know the mid-range options there at halfback are pretty barren. So yeah, uh, Lock and Lamb, someone that you could pick and fill a job. I'm just worried about his productivity. Not too sure in a first grade game how much ball he's going to get, whether we're going to see Kiri shift side to side. So I guess that's one to watch, but uh, definitely worse options to have than Lock and Lamb. Mate, there was a couple of bunnies bouncing around Mudgy on Saturday afternoon. They were unbelievable. Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. I think both would have scored over 100 Supercoach points in the opening 30 minutes or whatever. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? 
three tries from Cody Walker, three try assists and a try from Latrell, both those guys in full flight. And I think it, um, it really signified that game was the, the play where Latrell broke through and threw the fake basketball pass over the top and then popped it back under to Cody Walker. I think that really um, it really signaled how well this Rabbitoh side are gelling. And I know you and I have spoken about this countless times, but these guys are the team to beat this year, I think. We, we just need to see them get into that top four come finals for you to give themselves an easier chance. But great acquisitions from them. Kula Matangi played well, I think. Uh, as much as you and I bag him, uh, Jai Arrow had a decent stint off the bench as well, I thought. So, look, the, the signings they brought in, I think are really going to strengthen them. The two guys that I think are going under, unnoticed from the Rabbitohs were Burgess and Tatola. I think they were phenomenal. They really set that platform moving forward for the Bunnies to get those backs on the front foot. Everyone is just going to read in the paper as to how well Luttrell and Cody played. But I think the forwards set a really good platform for, for the Bunnies this year. And aside that, um, got a lot of media scrutiny as to how, I guess, quote-unquote poor their forwards are. So it was good to see them perform as well. Mate, obviously, uh, Tom Dravojevic got injured last week. We've spoken a heap about that. Uh, we saw James Tedesco throwing over some pretty ugly kicks, but he still is goal-kicking. We saw Ryan Pappenhausen hitting them like beach balls. Where does this put Latrell, mate? Is he one that you can consider at fullback round one? It would be a huge pod, but... Geez, based off what we saw the other night, I mean, I understand it was the Dragons, and I've had a lot of pe- people message me saying, oh, he's a flat-track bully. And look, you know what? The reality is, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they're going to be so good this year. With all due respect, there's going to be a lot of flat tracks for them, I think. Yeah, you can call them flat-track bullies all you want, but I think there's probably three sides that they aren't going to totally dominate. But I guess the, the biggest problem with Latrell is people say he goes missing. He doesn't go missing. He just doesn't have the same work rate as someone like a Tedesco. Now, Tedesco takes a shit hit up in his own 20. We won't see Latrell do that, but we will see Latrell Mitchell lay on a fuck ton of try assists. It looks like he's going to be the last set of hands that touch the footy before someone scores. So it looks like it's going to either be Reynolds to Mitchell who puts someone in, or it's going to be Walker to Mitchell who puts someone in. So... Look, it's definitely a big pod shout to bring Mitchell in. Last year when he was dual position center wing fullback, I think it would be a no-brainer. But this year is how stacked the fullback depth is. Look, I was very against Tedesco, but seeing him be reserve goal kicker at a TKO, I think he now is a must-have. Seeing Pappy channel his his inner Hazem Masri and stopping them from the sideline as well, I think that puts his stocks high. So, look, Latrell Mitchell is going to make or break your weeks if you pick him as a pod move, I think. What about Cody Walker? We've all been talking about Cameron Munster. We all know how special he's going to be this season. Uh, Cody Walker, though, just gave us a little reminder on Saturday afternoon just how good he can be, and it was only, you know, a 35-minute stint or whatever. Cody Walker, Cameron Munster, where are you leaning towards now? Uh, based off the trials, probably probably Walker. I mean, Munster, against the weak night side, looks more like a, a conductor rather than someone that executes, so... I posted this on my socials as well. I think the caption was uh, Munster is number one option in quotation marks. And I think I said Walker hears you and Walker doesn't care. And a lot of people wanted to give me some backlash saying, oh, he goes missing. But I think from memory, the bloke had two scores under 50 all year uh, last year. So it's pretty proven that he will he will be a, a significant hand in the South side. And we know how much South struggled in the first sort of eight weeks last year until Bennett really found the system to, to move these guys forward. And it looks like they're humming from round one. So I'm not going to grudge anyone for picking Walker. Uh, an interesting draft question I wanted to put to you. Does does Walker become a good number three option? Obviously, we're going to have Tedesco and Cleary go one and two. Do you back Walker to be a three? Uh, mate, I potentially... W- oh, you know what? I, I would say standing here right now, I would. When I've got to press the button, I'm not sure if I'd be able to do it, to be honest with you. I, I, think, I think Cody Walker, I've said it a few times on my podcast. I said it to Natty the other day. I think he's going to be 
the value man in round one of your super coach draft comps. I think that he's a guy that you can probably get at eight, nine, ten potentially. Um, as I said, a lot of people think that they're flat track bullies that he goes missing. There is this misconception out there, and I think that if you can get him anywhere in round one from round five onwards, from pick five onwards, I think you got yourself a bargain. Look, if I if I was sitting next to someone that took him pick three. I definitely wouldn't bag them. I'd say, fuck, you've got more balls than me, but I, I wouldn't bag them in the slightest. He's the sort of guy that can, without a doubt, end up as a top three scorer in our game, isn't he? Uh, I, I definitely ask this because of uh, I am number three pick and that is uh, uh, drop. So I just wanted to get uh, some, some options for the Lie third down pick, on mate. the lounge, <laughs> st- stare at the ceiling, let's talk. Who are you thinking? Are you, are you thinking Cody Walker or what? Uh, I mean, fullback's barren, isn't it? I'm probably leaning towards Pat, in all honesty. Um, it looks like it's going to go Teddy Cleary, and then I've got the third pick. So it's a 10-man draft. So I, I definitely asked that because I, I wanted to see where Cody Walker sat in your ranks for my third pick. So, um, yeah, it's hard. I'm going to do some draft planning. But for me, Pat's probably up there just with that goal-kicking as well. So I think Munster falls down in stock. What do you, what do you think about that in terms of classic end draft? Uh, I don't think Munster does, to be honest with you, mate. I think that um, if we're downgrading Munster off the back of a trial like that, I I, I think that's a little bit over the top. I think Munster more, more so the more so the goal kicking. I, I guess if Munster's obviously lost the goal kicking, so does that put him obviously with the goal kicking? He was potentially number two option for me. Does that make him oh, sort of a six I, or seven pick, or are you still pretty? No, I, I always kicking? had. I, I probably, oh, geez, I, I I would have struggled to take Munster at two. I would have really liked the pick, but it's so hard to leave Nathan Cleary on the board. I would still take Munster at pick three or four. To be honest with you, uh, the goal kicking is a bit of a hit, but realistically, mate, I mean, the goal kicking was always just going to be a, a little bonus here or there. Um, so for me, he doesn't really drop down that far. I mean, mate, for, for you, I think it has to be Pappy. Walker or Munster. Is it a captain's league? Yeah, mate. The uh, the commissioner has made the captain's league, which I'm not a huge fan of. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the, the norm in, in, the, in the draft world. Well, mate, in that case, I would be going Cody Walker, to be honest with you, if it is a captain's league. I didn't think Natty would do a captain's league. I know that we had, we've got sort of a draft champions competition that we have. And I know there was a big argument this afternoon about captains and non-captains. And the vast majority said non-captains. I actually like the captaincy uh, the captaincy play. I think it makes it more exciting. What, what, what are your negatives with it? I guess with draft, with, with classic, it's a 17 men team with, with, uh, with draft, it's a 13-man squad. So if you have a captain that goes ballistic, even if you had last year when, when Teddy went for 200, if you captained him, you only had fucking seven people play, you're still going to get the win. So look, Natty isn't the one running it. He's, he's just in it. It's a it's a listener league and, and one of the listeners is the is the commissioner. But man, I'm excited for, for draft. Isn't it funny as to how prominent this game mode is that we get the classic expert on and uh, we end up talking a lot about draft. Mate, I'm telling you, once you dip your toe in, you'll be ready for a swim. Oh, mate, I'm looking forward to it. It looks stressful. It looks like the way draft works is they become they become your family, your team. It's not like classic where you can just bin players off and they don't perform. You're stuck with them. You pick Pappy, pick three. You're, you're right or die with Pappenhausen until the end, my friend. Mate, uh, I'm not a father myself, but I imagine draft is the closest thing I'm going to get to it for quite some time. <laughs> it is a full-time job. It's unreal. 100%, mate. Mate, it's been a pleasure having you on again. I'm sure we'll have you on later in the week. Uh, mate, have you have you been collecting a couple of teams over there? I'm sure people have been sending them in left, left right, and center. Oh, I think I'm going to turn my DMs off until Teamless Tuesday because it's going to explode then. But I think the next time we'll talk will probably be Teamless Tuesday. 
Um, until then, there's we know what's going to happen in the Supercoach world. There's many twists and turns. And 4 o'clock Tuesday hits, shit's going to hit the fan. And uh, we're going to be here lapping up every second of it, my friend. Mate, I've got a feeling over the next week or two, you might have a couple of pigeons knocking at your window with uh, with teams attached to them. I think that people are going to be wanting to get to you left, right, and center. I, I remember doing it last year. It's absolute chaos, but it's worth doing. People absolutely love it. It is, mate. And the, uh, the Supercoach community is very passionate, as we know. But, um, yeah, I, I'm counting down the days and bring on March 11, my friend. Cannot wait. Mate, I'll talk to you soon. See you, mate. Have a good one. As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.